All right, we are at the second to last lesson. Amen. 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 I know for a fact for myself, um, as far if I can um, just testify to what this lesson personally has done for me. Now I have been I have been able to um, see in the spirit. And to be honest with you, it's not because I have the gift to see in the spirit. It's actually, I have more of a gift of uh, prophecy than anything, but it's because I've exercised that area s- several times. And it's just become sharp. And I testify actually to the lessons that I've been bringing forth because it's been, when I tell you it's been, I feel like, this is a literal thing and also a, a figurative thing, but I literally feel like, um, and spiritually feel like, um, you know, how you buy cameras and, you know, you put different lenses on it. I literally feel like I got brand new eyes and brand new lenses from just going through the actual lessons. And I know because a lot of you guys been calling me too. <laughs> a lot of you guys have been calling me talking about I'm seeing this and I'm seeing that. And what does this mean? And what does this mean? So um, I know that it's activating you already. And um, I know that when we do the activation um, service, that it'll activate you even more, open your eyes even more. And I'm just particularly actually learning that even when the Father opens up your eyes to see that that's not the only level that you can see at. And that's what I particularly learned is that because just like the Bible said, um, like, you know, when it says that we see in the glass dimly and I've experienced that because when I saw things, it would be impressions. It would be like it was dim. But now just going through this lesson and studying and just pouring back into you as well, it's like it's it's not dimly anymore. It's vivid. It's vivid. It's in color. It's, it's, it's almost to the point where it's tangible. I can almost reach out and touch it. And so that's how I know is, like I say, my it's like I got a, like a brand new set of eyes, which also comes with a brand new level of responsibility <laughs> and, and, and a brand new level of the demonic as well. Because when you open yourself to that, it's a whole realm. It's not like, okay, the demonic realm sits over here. No, when you open yourself to the spirit realm in itself, you open yourself to that side as well. So it's just one of those things that when you are seeing in the spirit, the first thing that you have to know is who you are. Because if you don't know who you are, some of that stuff will scare you. It will. It will scare you. It will almost send you into a, a spiritual exile is what I call <laughs> call it. But we won't get into that. <laughs> We will get into the lesson tonight. So let me go ahead and pray and uh, get into this. Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus for what you are doing, Father, with our eyesight. We thank you, Father, that you are allowing us to see, Father, from glory to glory and that you are opening up in our you're opening our eyes, Father, to brand new things, Father, in the spirit realm. We thank you, Father, that you are even showing us, Father, how to steward, Father, the things in which we see, Father, how to steward our gifts, and Father, how to steward, Father, our life. We thank you, Father, for everything, Father, that you are pouring into us, Father, and the grace in order to do it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 The one thing that I kind of do want to go over is the reason behind why we're doing this, okay? Um, We're not only doing this so that your site can get activated because your site is actually one of the weapons of your warfare. Because if you can't see, how can you use a sword? (laughs) So it is one of your weapons that you should see. And it's also part of your inheritance that you should see because Adam did not only just lose the relationship. He lost a lot of other things, too. He lost the blessings of God. He lost his ability to see in the spirit. He lost the relationship. He lost a lot of things. 
and we are since we do have uh, Christ in us that seed it's like we're awakening and activating the things that we didn't even know was part of our inheritance amen so not only do I want to do this to activate your sight but we are doing this because well let me give you an analogy I like to give people analogies and and ways to look at things because what an analogy does um, it takes what you're familiar with and it incorporates it into something spiritual so not only that you can understand it but also that you can have a revelation behind it and also it'll have some staying power within you because there's something that you can relate to it that makes um, your faith grab a hold of something. So the analogy I want to use is um, an analogy of an employee hired for a position. So say that you are, it don't matter, a district manager, a supervisor, or whatever, in charge of people, and you have the task of hiring skilled people for your organization, right? A lot of us have been through that before or on the other side of that. And you do. You hire very skilled people for the position. You look at their experience. You look at their degrees. You may even look at some projects that they have done to see if they started something and completed it. And so I use that analogy because when we hire people, we hire them for their skills and their talents and their abilities and their giftings. But guess what? There's also what? A 90-day probationary period in which they do. Now, why in the world do they do that? (laughs) Because they want to see if you are a good fit, not only for the organization, but if you're a good fit for the actual, um, whether it's group or department that they place you in. And there's a lot of things that go into that 90-day probationary period, but the bottom line of that 90-day probationary period is character. And so they're looking for your character, see you come to see if you come there on time, you come to work on time, seeing if you're taking an extra lunch break, seeing if you you know if you're a, a team player, to see if you actually are a specialist at what you do, see if you're open to constructive criticism. There's a lot of things that go into that as far as your character. But guess what? In the stage of that 90 days. Say that employee begins to experience, you know, exhibit some things as they work that you say, mm, this person is not a good fit. Now, but the thing about it is, did they graduate from Harvard? Yes, they did. Do they have 20 years of experience? Yes, they do. Do they have every alphabetical letter behind their name? Yes, they do. But the breaking point for all of that will always be character. It will always be character because guess what? Even in relationships, you know what I'm saying? When you come in, oh, he's, you know, he's handsome. She's fine. And, you know, and she find his wine and then she got a nice hourglass shape and she got this and she got that and she financially stable and all of this other stuff. But guess what? That character, it began to unpack itself. <laughs> it do. It begins to, her attitude begins to unpack. Her behavior begins to unpack. Her past begins to unpack. Her triggers begins to, all this stuff begins to unpack. And now what looked like handsome <laughs> and looked like cute and fine and stable is now something in which, like the word says, you'd rather be on the, on the rooftop in the corner of a house than be with that person, <laughs> right? So that's the reason why we're doing this, because just like that employee that disqualified themselves for the position, we don't want to disqualify ourselves. Amen. Amen. Because it's just, it's time out for that. It's, it's time up for the, ch- not, not just in general, 
and in a natural example that I gave you, because we've been frustrated with those type of employees that we had to work with <laughs> all the times. Like, gosh, I can't do my part because you're not doing your part. <laughs> and it's like we're we're on a team. And if you don't do your part, you make all of us look bad. So it's one of those things. It's, it's just time out for that, especially in the household of God. It's just time out for that. It's, it's, it's time to walk in a level of excellence. It's time to, if you're going to do something, get all the way with it. You know, the, the Bible says, I'm not even in my message. The Bible says that nobody begins to do something and they don't count the cost. So if you say you're going to do this, do it. If you say you're going all the way in, go all the way in with it. If you, the thing about it is, and even as I was praying, you know, the father reminded me is that what, what's the use of hiding anything for him? He know all things. So it's not one thing to say, okay, I'm going to give you these things, father, but I'm going I'm to hold on to these things. Everything is naked before him. Just give him all of it so that he can repair it, so he can build it back up. So he can put into you what you need in order for it to get done so that you can operate at a level of excellence. Amen. 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 So tonight I will be, this is, tonight is more of a, um, I want to say a conversation piece for applying what you see in the spirit, making this applicable to everything that personally that we've been learning and applying that to what we're going to be doing. Okay. So that's the, actually the title of today's lessons is applying what you see in the spirit. Now, remember when I talk about singing in the spirit, that, that encompasses encounters that you may have with angels or beings that may mean words that you see in the spirit. That may mean dreams. That might mean visions. It also might mean, um, you know, uh, trances. And so when I say your ability to see in the spirit, I'm talking about all of those things. Amen. Okay. So how many are there total? There are, there's not many scriptures tonight and that is always purposeful as we get to the last lesson because we're going more to application and activation. So we're pulling away from the scripture-based things that we started from in the beginning because we're actually getting ready to apply it and activate. So there are, let's see, nine. There are nine things that I'm going to talk about when it comes to applying what you see in the spirit. Amen. All right. Let's go with the first one. Time frame. Time frame. Time frame. Now, when it comes to time frame, it's all about asking the father about what you're seeing right now. Is it a right now thing or is it a later thing? And the reason why I bring this up is because a lot of times when we see things and we encounter things or even when we hear things, we get so excited about what we see, especially if it's good, that we don't go back to the father and ask him, okay, I know you showed me this or I know I saw that. Is that a right now thing or is that a later on thing? And a lot of times we put ourselves through turmoil internally because we haven't taken that next step to ask questions. And what happens is that we think that it's not going to happen. Because we're thinking about right now, you know, right here, right now, when you have to understand. A lot of times when he's showing you things, I want to say half the time it's about things to come and the other half of the time, it's, it's majority about warnings. Amen? Now, a natural example of this, because remember, we're, we're doing applications, so I'm going to have a lot of examples for you so you can get an understanding of how this works. Time frame. So a natural example of this is, say, for instance, someone called you 
on the phone and say, hey, I'm getting ready to come over, you know, and um, just talk to you. And what would be actually is I'm getting ready to come over because I need to talk to you, blah, blah, blah. So the next thing that you would say to that person is what? When? (laughs) Exactly. You would never just hang up the phone like, oh, okay, girl. Or, oh, okay, I see you. I see you when I see you and just hang up. The next, you have a lot of questions after that. It's going to be when. It's going to be why. <laughs> it's going to be, you know, what you want to talk about. It's going to be a whole lot of other things. And why are you doing this? So what? You can be available when the person comes. So you can see if, okay, do I have something else that I need to do when they said it was coming over? So it's the same thing when the father reveals something to you. There should be a lot of questions that come behind that. And so that's what usually happens. So that's literally how this looks. It's as if someone called you and said something to you. I'm coming over there to bless you. You would be like, with what? (laughs) When are you coming over to bless me? (laughs) Why are you blessing me? So we have to have that, that same, like I said, a lot of this stuff that we talk about spiritually are things really we're already doing in the natural. We actually just need to transfer it over spiritually and so these are this is one of the things you just need to transfer over spiritually ask your father questions as far as the time frame amen so we just want to get into the habit of asking your father when is the timing of this of what you saw what i seen what you showed me okay so the same father who gave you the dream the prophecy, the encounter, the vision, guess what? It's the same one that can answer all of your questions. And I don't know why sometimes we don't make that connection. It's like, okay, he gave it, and then we feel like we're we're abandoned and left to figure it out by ourselves. No, he said that you have the Holy Spirit. He said the Holy Spirit searches all things, even the, the deep things of God. So guess what? Ask your helper. Amen. It's as simple as that. Going back to the simplicity of the gospel. Amen. James one and five says, if any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally and without reproach. And it will be what given to him. Acts. 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 Seek. Knock. Amen. Amen. So that is time frame. So when you are applying what you are seeing in the spirit, ask your father, is this for now or is this for later? Amen. Amen. Number two is what I see a conditional or a sovereign decree from the father. Is it conditional or is it a sovereign decree from the father? So is the father showing you something that might happen? Or you need to be aware of and and pray about how to change the course of the possible outcome. Or is this going to happen no matter what? And that need to be asked. Because remember, sometimes he's warning us as children, hey, pray about the situation. This what could happen. Or he's showing us some things and letting us know, oh, no, this will happen. I, but I still need you to pray and prepare. So you want to want to see, is this a conditional thing or is this a sovereign decree from the father? OK, told you I had examples for you. For example. I'm going to use you, Pastor Kirby. (laughs) I'm going to use some of your uh, actually dreams. That's what I mean by that. Okay, so before, and this is is kind of crazy because we actually need to go into more um, sharing of dreams and visions and stuff just as a family. But Pastor Kirby, before the pandemic kicked off, Before it even kicked off, he had came to me about, I'm not going to tell you like, you know, the whole dream because he has all the details. So I'm going to do a little summary. Um, he had came 
to me about a dream that he had had and it, it basically the basic bottom line was it that it was like a virus um that was coming from a foreign place and he was literally watching this i believe he said it was on tv and this was way before the pandemic kicked off with the whole COVID-19 thing. And also he had a dream before the whole, you know, thing ignited with, you know, uh, Black Lives Matter and, and Floyd and the, the police was, you know, fighting against the, the citizens and stuff. He literally had a dream about that way before it took place. So the reason why I use this is because, like I say, you want to know, is this conditional or is this a sovereign decree? So those two dreams, it literally would be a sovereign decree. He was letting him know, no, this will happen. You can't, you even, you say you can pray as much as you want to pray, but this is going to take place. Now, what you can do is still pray about the situation because it still needs prayer because all things need prayer. But I'm letting you know as your father to warn you that this is getting ready to happen. Amen. The other example I have to for you is just even myself when I work for the corporate world and he would give me all of these uh, dreams about me changing clothes and me being in the closet and trying to find clothes and stuff like that. Every time I had that dream, I knew either I was changing departments or I was changing jobs. Or the third thing, I was changing my kingdom assignment was changing. It was one of those three all the time. And so that is another example um, of a sovereign decree. It was going to happen. He was just letting me know. And the thing about it is that with sovereign decrees, uh, with some of sovereign decrees, especially when you're changing, I want to say when you're changing jobs or kingdom assignments or departments, to be honest with you, you feel the pull before it takes place because there's a lot of contention in a department. There's a lot of things that you like, okay, I don't understand. Like when I first got here, they loved me, but now they don't. <laughs> That's another way of telling your grace period is about up on that point and <laughs> get ready to move. But I will say this because there's always a disclaimer because he also could be testing you, testing your patience, testing your level of love, testing your level of endurance. So as always, that's why you need to go back <laughs> to the one who gave it. Amen. Amen. Because if it's for now, I will say this, and I brought this out in the dream series, that if it is a now thing and it's that important, you will feel the urgency. You'll feel the urgency in your spirit behind whatever he showed you or the encounter or the dream or the vision that you had. Amen. Amen. Now, the other thing concerning timing, because it's like I say, time frame, there's so many different layers of this that, like I say, I'm trying to pour into you the most important aspects of these things. But there's so many different layers to this. The other thing concerning timing is um, sometimes when you um, see things um, that as far as the timing is concerned, it's, it's not one of those things that... It's going to happen like right now as far as that season is concerned. So I'll, let me give you an example. So, for example, say, for instance, you have a vision and you see yourself doing something and you also see that during the time that you're doing, you see, you're looking at snow. So after interpreting this dream, you know that, OK, he, the father's going to have me start doing something during the winter season. Okay. During the winter season, but you think that you see snow and you think in winter, you think in this year. And he might be talking about a winter of 2025 or the winter of 2030. And so that's why you always got to go back and say, okay, I see myself doing this, but is it for this winter or is it for next winter or some winters to come? Amen. Because the one thing is this. 
that I want us to kind of just really get embedded into our spirit is that the father is not slow in his movements. Okay, because we be thinking like, okay, when, Lord, when? We're waiting, Lord, we're waiting, we're waiting. He's not slow in his movements. He's not slow at all. We're the ones who slow. We're the ones that's trying to hear. We're the ones that's trying to walk in the spirit. We're the ones that's trying to gauge his ways and how his household works and how his righteousness works. We're the ones that's trying to catch up. He's not trying to catch up with us, okay? We're in time. He's in eternity. And so he's not bound by any of those things. So everything for him is in present tense. Okay? Everything for him is in present tense because, because he is in eternity, he inserts himself into time and space. And so that's why we're not waiting on him because what? He started the beginning from the end. It's already finished to him. But we're actually just walking out everything that he said it was finished for. So he's not slow. We're the ones that's catching up. Amen. So I just want you to embed that into yourself. And because we got to stop thinking that way, like, okay, uh, you know, she received the blessing. When is it my turn? Lord, you already been blessed. You, you have to tap into what already is yours. It's not the fact that, that, that he blessing a, one set group of people over here and he's not blessing you. You were blessed when he died and said it's finished. Your blessings were, they were given to you right then and there. <laughs> so no more of this victim mentality of when Lord, like we're slaves, we're not slaves, we're children. Amen. Amen. Number three, directional dreams, visions, or, and prophetic words are critical. Now, remember I had went over directional dreams, um, in the dream series, um, but um, I go into depth in concerning um, your ability to see and how to apply that. So, for example, when I talk about directional dreams, visions, and prophetic words that are critical, I'm talking about things such as, number one, for example, um, the Father showing you something in regards to leaving a particular church, marrying a particular person. The need to talk to a particular person that's been pressed upon your heart. The need to move to another city. So if it's something that impacts your life, those type of things impact your life. Marrying a particular person, talking to, making, you know, making connections between people, um, leaving a particular church, all of these things, going to another city, all of these things are what you consider directional and they're critical because it makes an impact on your life and it changes the trajectory of the direction and the paradigm in which you're walking. Amen. So with directional dreams, visions, encounters, prophetic words, usually with this, either people get impatient in these type of things, they get impatient and they try to get ahead of God to make it happen or they don't take action on what they see and they miss the fulfillment of what they saw. So this typically happens in these type of things. Like I say, you might be, he might be showing you, okay, it's time for you to move to another city. And so, like I said before, how, you know, this is applicable. And so guess what? You move ahead of God where he's not telling you to move right now in this summer. He was showing you, you're going to be moving, but it was for next spring. And so when we get ahead of him, the grace is not there to meet us. The blessings is not there to meet us. The favor is not there to meet us. And so you just, you, you got to be sure, like I say, it always goes back. You're going right back to Abba. Do, do, I, do I leave now? <laughs> do, do I leave next year? When, when do you want me to leave? Because I know you want me to leave, but when? Because timing is 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 important, um, and we'll let's see Ecclesiastes three and one that I have to kind of cover this, 
And it says, for everything there is a season, a time for every activity under heaven. Everything has a season to it. Marriage has a season to it. Relationships have a season to it. Favor, it has a season to it. Grace, it has a season to it. All of these things, it has a season to it. Grief has a season to it. Having babies have a season to it. Every single thing has a season. Amen? Amen. Okay, so that was directional things that you see. Number four is I want to talk to you about the context of what you see helps with the revelation and the urgency. The context of what you see helps with revelation and it helps with the urgency of a, of a matter. So how does this look? For example, if you see someone say you have a vision and you see somebody on a mission trip, they went on a mission trip, they went overseas and you see them get in a bad car accident where they're walking and they get ran over by a car. And we would say that this falls into the category of what? This is urgent. This is an urgent matter. So what do you want to do? The first thing you want to do is pray. And then you want to call the person. Because guess what? The context of the dream, meaning that they got hit by a car, requires an urgency of prayer. So the context of what you see will always tell you how urgent something is. Amen? Amen. Number five. And we also talked about this in our dream series, the reoccurring dreams and visions, but I'll show you how it's applicable to sight. Reoccurring dreams, visions, and I also would actually add to that encounters. Now, this is when you are what? Like I told you, reoccurring things have a lot of layers to it. When we say reoccurring, we're not just talking about, um, you know, uh, several, the same dream you're having over and over again, because that definitely constitutes a reoccurring dream or vision or encounter. But we're also talking about having the same dream, vision, or encounter over a period of time. So you might have had the same vision or encounter this year that you had last year. And you might have the same encounter you had last year and vision or dream you had last year than when you was a teenager. Those are also what we consider reoccurring because it's like uh, the, the, like the fathers reminded you at each stage, like when you were little, when you were. Um, and actually, I can kind of attest to this when, you know, he he gave me a vision of uh, what he wanted me to become, which was a doctor. I had that vision when I was five. And then as I went through school, he kept reminding me of it, kept showing me, kept reminding me. It's like he was encouraging me all the way through until I finished. So this also constitutes reoccurring encounters, dreams, and visions. The third thing that constitutes a reoccurring uh, dream, vision, or encounter of what you see in the spirit is that several other people are having, you know, they may not have the same dream, but the interpretation of the dream is the same. So Chris might have a dream about something in particular, and he's like, oh, you know, okay, this seems very urgent. And then a month later, uh, Serena might have a dream, and it's the same interpretation, but it's a different dream. And then another person might have a dream <laughs> five months down the line of the, of the same interpretation, and now there's a connection between all of these people that's also reoccurring. So many times, not only is, are these type of encounters and dreams and visions urgent, but you have to understand through these things that it, that the father also may be telling you that you are past due. Okay. Get this. You are past due on taking action on a certain matter that he has showed you. It's like having a past due bill. You know what they do. 
they harass you until that bill is paid. And that's how it happens with these reoccurring dreams. It's like the father harassing you saying, look, I need you to look into this. I need you to look into this. I need you to look into this (laughs) until you're obedient and you look into it. Amen. Amen. Number six. Remember, don't try to force the vision or dream into reality. Don't force what you see. Don't force it to to make sense. Don't force it to come to pass. For example, you might see yourself on stage preaching, teaching, serving food to people, even marrying someone, moving to another job or even another church home. Remember, Some dreams and encounters and visions are prophetic. And half of what that means is that if we're looking at something, what means this is is to come. It's to come. It doesn't mean that it'll happen right now. So don't force it into reality. Okay, for example, also, you might have several dreams. Actually, let me do this one first. Let me do an example of my my own dream I had. I had, before we began our ministry, and our, what year was it that we left the other ministry? 2014 okay so it was 2014 where um you know the father spoke to us and told us it was time to leave uh lionheart and from 2014 all the way up probably to 2000 huh 2018 i had several dreams several several when i tell you several i it was just i couldn't even count them and all of them was leading to the same interpretation of that we would reconnect with Lionheart. Now, did I force that? No, because I didn't know the timing of it. Because it's a danger to force something, you don't know the timing of it. I didn't know the timing of it, but what I did do, I continued in prayer about it. I kept my heart open about it, and I kept my ear open to heaven about the matter. And so when it was time, like I say, the same one who was giving you all of these dreams for four years, going to be the same one that tell you it's time. So you can assure yourself that he's not going to abandon you. That's not what he does. Okay. Like you say, we were orphans, but we've been adopted. Amen. Amen. So. Another example, Abraham. When God told Abraham that he would make him the father of many nations and give him a son, and and, and what what happened? He got impatient. (laughs) Now I'm not going to say Abraham got impatient. Sarah is the one who got, Lord, help us with these women. Sarah got impatient. Because the men be standing faithful. These women, Lord, we need help, Lord. But Sarah got impatient. Now, she heard the promise, just like Abraham did. But she got impatient and did what? Told her handmaid to go sleep, Hagar, to go sleep with Abraham. And guess what? We ended up with what? Ishmael. We know how that story ended. And that is a little example of how you can try to force She tried to force the prophetic word into reality instead of just allowing the promise to take place. So don't force it because when you force it, some other stuff (laughs) happen that you don't want to happen. Amen? Amen. Amen. So no more forcing. You, mm -mm. that's when you, (laughs) never, I was about to say, that's when you get extra kids. Your own is enough. (laughs) 
Let me just say that. <laughs> That's enough. <laughs> oh my goodness. Number seven. Number seven. Now this is, this is, all of them are important, but this one is important in particular. When applying revelation to what you see, please remember and understand that there is no promise until the process takes place. Okay, we get we get excited. We get excited when the world oh the Lord about to bless me. <laughs> you know there's a process to that. <laughs> you see yourself in a brand new house, you know there's a process to that. <laughs> so we have to understand that there is no promise until the process takes place. Amen. Now, I got some examples for you. First one is David. David waited over 20 years, 20 years between his anointing and the dream he had in front of his brothers and his kingship. He waited 20 years, a dream he had, 20 years he waited for that promise to come to pass. So guess what? There's a process to this. Jesus was in the process of, as the Bible said, maturing, growing in wisdom and stature, and he didn't begin his ministry till he was what? 30 years old. So guess what? There was a process to this. You seen them in the temple asking questions. <laughs> when he was what? 12. So there was a process to his ministry. Abraham, of course, he didn't get Isaac to after 25 years after the word had came forth. That God would give him a son. He waited 25 years. Can you imagine the father saying, I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you a child. And you waiting and you waiting. Okay. 2021, 2025, you, you start getting weary. Like I said, don't get weary in well doing. In what? In what? In do what? In do what? Season is not what the word just says in Ecclesiastes. There's a season for everything and do season. If you don't what, if you faint not in due season, what yours is yours. Can nobody take that from you? What belongs to you belongs to you, but there's a process to getting what belongs to you. Now, this is the one we're going to go into depth for because the, the examples that I gave you, we know those examples by heart. So I wanted to give you an example that we don't know by heart. And that was going to be Paul. Paul preached the gospel. I want you to get this. Paul preached the gospel for 14 years. 14 years. Before he was even accepted by the other apostles and approved his apostleship. 14 years. And we're going to actually look at that in Galatians. Galatians 1. We're going to start at verse 11. We're going to go all the way through 24. And then we're going to read Galatians chapter 2 verse 1. So, be patient with me because we're going to read this because there's a story behind this. I want you to literally vividly see this. And actually how this kind of begins, I don't know why, I know why, but it. I think about my husband when he begins to talk about this. Verse 11, he says, Beloved ones, let me repeat emphatically that the gospel entrusted to me was not given to me by any man. No one taught me this revelation, for it was given to me directly by the unveiling of Jesus Christ. 
By now you have heard stories of how severely I harassed and persecuted Christians and how systematically I endeavored to destroy God's church, all because of my radical devotion to the Jewish religion. My zeal and passion for the doctrines of Judaism distinguished me among my people. For I was far more advanced in my religious instruction than any others my age. But then God called me by his grace and chose me from my birth to be his. He was pleased to unveil his son in me so that I would proclaim him to the peoples of the world. After I had this encounter... I kept it a secret for some time, sharing it with no one. And I had no desire to run to Jerusalem and try to impress those who had become apostles before me. Instead, I withdrew into the Arabian desert. Kind of remind me of Jesus, how he was led into the wilderness. (laughs) Then I returned to Damascus where I had first encountered Jesus. I remained there for three years until I eventually went up to Jerusalem, met the the apostle Peter, and stayed with him for a couple weeks. The only other apostle I met during that time was James, the Lord's brother. Everything I'm describing to you, I confess before God to be the absolute truth. After my stay in Jerusalem, I went to Syria and southeast Turkey, but I remain unknown to the churches in Judea. The only thing they heard about me was this. Our former enemy who once brutally persecuted us is now preaching the good news of the faith that he tried to destroy. At verse 24, because of the transformation that took place in my life, they praise God even more. Then Galatians chapter 2, verse 1. Fourteen years later, I returned to Jerusalem, this time but Barnabas and Titus, my co-workers. God gave me a clear revelation to go and to confer with the other apostles concerning the message of grace I was preaching to the Gentiles. I spoke privately with those who were viewed as senior leaders of the church, wanting to make certain that my labor and ministry for the Messiah had not been based on a false understanding of the gospel. He preached the gospel for 14 years. Before, not only they accepted him, but he showed up with proof of his apostleship, which was Barnabas and Titus. They were proof of his apostleship. So most of the time, even in, like I say, in all of these situations, like I was telling you, encounters, trances, visions, um, encounter with angels and beings, most of the time your application will be prayer. So you never have to ask me or apostle, should I pray about this matter? It will always be an invitation for prayer. Always, no matter what type of encounter, no matter what type of dream, no matter what type of vision, prayer is always needed. So, the other half of the time, it would be preparation. On one flip side of the coin, it will be prayer. And if it's, if it's always prayer, and then it may also come with your your need or ability to prepare. So if you have not, I'll just kind of put this out here also. If you have not or have stopped journaling what the Father has showed you, please start back doing that. Please start back journaling your visions. Please start back journaling your encounters. And the reason why I'm telling you that because as you continue to journal, It teaches you the ways of God, of how he moves, how he operates. 
It also teaches you his patterns. And just like I said before, the only reason why I know that every single time that I'm in a closet, changing a shirt, changing pants, changing a whole outfit, it's because I wrote them down. I've wrote so, so many of my dreams down so much and interpret them that I already know what that means now because there's a pattern. And so you get to know his ways. Amen. Because is that not what we're supposed to be doing as children of God? We're in his household, but we need to learn his ways. So we are, let's see, at the last one. Number eight. Progressive, which I call progressive revelation. Progressive revelation. So, there are things that must be done. No, I'm not at the last one. It's the second to last. I got nine. There's things that has to be done. There's things that have to be completed. And areas that must be given attention to if the Father reveals to you revelation, insight, or wisdom concerning something in particular, that when the timing unlocks for it, And you saw it manifest. You got to show up prepared. So this is what I'm talking about when I talk about progressive revelation. So I'll give you a lot of examples for this one so you can see what this looks like. Number one, you have a vision of you get yourself getting married. Now, that thing is going to unlock. But this is what we call progressive revelation that you should be in preparation to become a wife. You should be in preparation to become a husband. In preparation, I don't care if that's through counseling. I don't care if that's through reading books. I don't care if if it's through uh, a continual prayer in the secret place and asking the Father to show you how to be. You should be in preparation for these things because when the timing and the season unlocks for that to happen, you got to show up prepared. You have to show up ready. Another example of this is you have a vision of the father showing you that you're going to be teaching or you're going to be preaching. Guess what? You should be in preparation. That's an invitation for you to prepare. That's not just an invitation for excitement. That's an invitation for preparation. You should be studying more. You should be reading more. You should be getting in that secret place more. You should be praying in tongues more. You should be preparing yourself so when you do get the mic and it's your time, you're prepared. Amen? Because like I say, the Father is, all of his thoughts towards you are good. And he's always trying to warn his children. He's always trying to give you insight. He's always trying to give you wisdom. He's not trying to keep you in a blind spot. He's not trying to, to to sneak up on you. He's always trying to get something to you and show you that he's trying to do it. <laughs> My other um, example is, um, let's see, if you have a dream that, or a vision, or you have an encounter or an unction that the spirit is unctioning that you should start a business. Okay, that's not something that you just sit on. Like, oh, the father wants me to start a business. You just go about your daily, okay, thank you, Lord. (laughs) No, you should be looking at some logos, okay? You should be putting together uh, uh, maybe your your letter of resignation from the corporate world, (laughs) okay? Because there's there's an expectation that's coming behind that because you know his word is true. So you, you should be getting your documents together. You should even, if it's going to be something big, be considering people that you may want on the board on on this, uh, considering uh, some people that you may want to do some um, administrative work for you. So be in preparation for these things. Amen. So that when it's time for you to go, it's not this thing where you're you're drowning because 
he unlocked it and now you got to get the logo you got to register the name you got to go here you got to go there you got to get the license you got to go get this you got to go get that and then it's like (laughs) all of your energy (laughs) you become overwhelmed because it's here it's here when you should have been preparing for that all along amen Amen. Now, the other thing I want to talk about that actually falls in this category of progressive revelation is that the prophetic word um, also of you, the father, for instance, might be showing you that you're going to be pregnant. That you and he he's say he's literally giving you that word. You're gonna have kids and and you you know it, it hasn't showed up yet, but you know it. Guess what? expectation the the bible says that that faith is the substance of things what hoped for okay so that hope is grabbing hold of something okay you got to be hoping for something in order for your faith to grab a hold to something so okay so so you should be looking at baby names boy and girl Okay, you should be taking care of your body if you you haven't been taking care of your body because you know you got to be healthy for the baby. You should be eating right. You should be if your apartment is too small, you be, should be looking at some areas where where you for another place and and for two, two bedrooms instead of one. You should also maybe be looking at pictures on even how you want to decorate the baby's room. Because what it do, it ignite something when he said he already going to do for you. And it ignites your expectation of what you're what? Hoping for. Amen? Amen. So, it also goes along for those things as well. Preparation. So, progressive revelation also has to do with the Father giving you a little information at a time. He gives you a little at a time. A little unction here, a little unction there, (laughs) a dream here, a vision there, an encouragement over here. Progressive revelation also has all to do with the father unlocking things in different season, different time periods, and different points of your life. And it's just confirmation of what he's going to do. He just confirming his word. And the last thing about progressive revelation, it also has to do with revelation unfolding over time after a deeper application and obedience to what was shown to you. So progressive revelation has all to do with, once again, revelation unfolding over time after, keyword, after a deeper application and obedience to what he has already shown you. He already told you, get the logo ready. Okay, you haven't got the logo ready, so why in the world he going to show you where some office space is? That's not how it happens. <laughs> this is progressive. You get the logo done, he starts speaking to you about the office space. You get the office space, he start increasing you. You get you he start increasing you, you start getting the clients. You start getting the clients, you start getting the influence. You start walking in the spirit, guess what? You just healed Mary Sue. Now, you would have never healed Mary Sue if you would have never started with the logo. You had an encounter with Mary Sue in your office. I'm going to use you, Ola, thinking you about to do taxes with Mary Sue. And Mary Sue started talking about how sick she felt and this pain she was feeling in her chest. And you laid hands on her and she got well. Or it could just be a blessing thing (laughs) to where you you started with two clients (laughs) And just through progressive revelation and doing what he told you to do. Okay, now start doing uh, the, these type of applications. Start start doing business taxes now. Yeah, if you start doing business taxes, he saw, okay, do these type of taxes now. Okay, and after you do this, it's progressive. He He's showing you, look, if you let me, if you let me, I'll show you that this is just the beginning. 
this is just the beginning. Amen. And number nine. Now we are at the last one. Number nine. Many times warning dreams, visions, encounters, prophetic words, or intercession dreams. We talked about that in the dream series will lead you into warfare. It will lead you into warfare. Just like Jesus was led into the wilderness, these type of things will lead you into warfare. So, in other words, sometimes to apply revelation that you received in dreams, visions, encounters, it demands that you go on the offense or warfare before, keyword, before the enemy backs you into a corner. Before the enemy backs you into a corner, okay? So, you may have to do warfare in the spirit before you begin to apply the revelation behind what the Father have given you about the dream or encounter or the vision. You may have to warn the spirit first. Before you apply the revelation. So how does this look? Example number one. And the dream actually that comes to mind is um, the dream I shared with you guys in the dream series. It was called The Chef Disguise. Where we were at a temporary place. I believe it was a hotel. And um, we had these lawyers. We was packing as fast as we could because we had these lawyers chasing after us. And we had these lawyers chasing after us because I had, I remember going into a room where these lawyers was and I was given, and, and basically the bottom line of it, it was a new wine skin, like a new wine, old wine skin thing. And I revealed something to these lawyers in this room and Literally, they got upset with me when I said it. It was more of a freedom thing. I'm like, we're free. We don't do that anymore kind of thing. And when I told you, they got upset to the point where it's like in that dream, the father was telling me, run now. It's time to go. Because they getting ready to do something to you. So that's when I went back to the hotel, told my husband and stuff. And we ended up uh, running through the hotel uh, kitchen and putting on these chef disguises. And um, his chef outfit was um, very distinguished uh, from all the other chefs. And um, I had on the chef outfit as well. But mine was just like all the other chefs. But his was very distinguished. And as we were running, we, uh, we, we saw this elevator. Now, the lawyers were still chasing us. We saw this elevator and we got on the elevator and once we got on the elevator we went um the door closed and um you know the lawyers was left behind and we went up and so that dream was a dream that forced us into warfare we couldn't apply anything concerning that dream until we had to war in the spirit because which means that once the father and, and it happened just like that once the father and that's it's kind of crazy because it goes back to what I read to you about Paul, how the revelation of Christ was given to him. Once the revelation was given to my husband, we couldn't stay at the place anymore where we were. And that's what he was telling us. It was going to be time for Once that revelation unlocked, it would be time for us to go because it was a new wine, old wine skin issue. And it will be hard for them to receive. So literally we had to pray before we had to go. So these things will actually lead you into warfare before you can actually apply what you see. Another example of that is that is having a, for instance, if you, um, let's see, leading you into warfare. And if you have, for instance, you know how you have a dream inside of a dream. You be dream, you're dreaming that you're actually dreaming or you have a, this is another one. You have a dream that you're seeing yourself on TV or you have a dream that, um, you're looking at yourself behind a camera. 
Um, or you have a dream that you're seeing through a glass or you have a dream that you're seeing through a window and you're looking at something or um, you have a dream and you're looking through a door. All of these dreams are example of dreams that you really should be warfaring in the spirit before you begin the application. Because all of these dreams, pretty much when you have these type of dreams where you're looking through a window, looking through a glass, looking through a door, having a dream inside a dream, looking at yourself on TV or seeing yourself on camera, these things will happen. It's, it's one of those things that he's saying, I'm confirming my word inside of what I'm showing you. He's confirming it inside of a confirmation. He's giving you a dream to let you know, and then he's confirming it by also giving you another revelation inside of that dream. So he's literally confirming it. It's like when he said that he swore by himself because there was nothing greater. So he's literally swearing by himself when you have that type of dream. So these type of dreams will not only lead you into warfare, but it also will lead you into intercession. It will lead you to prayer, warfare, and intercession prior to the application of the revelation that you received. So my last words to this is that to remember, not everybody will be able to handle what you see. Okay, so, you know, try the spirit by the spirit, you know, I know, you know, we get excited and we want to share the stuff that we see because it's extravagant. There's no words, even English words, a lot of times that we can even find to describe what we see, but not everybody can handle that. Not everybody can, for instance, can handle the things that, for instance, that prophet Q that he see. I'm, I'm being honest with you. Some people literally would be like, oh, he's making this stuff up, ain't he? He's making this thing. Nothing. This stuff ain't happening to nobody. <laughs> a lot of the stuff that, that, that uh, Prophet is keen to see, like, you, did you really see this for real? Really? Because some people just can't handle that because they haven't had that type of encounter before. But just because you haven't had the encounter yet does not make it not to be so. So we just want to make sure that when we do share, we, we, we try to spirit by the spirit because like I said, not everybody will be able to, to receive us when we do share these things. But it'd be the total honest truth. We're literally seeing these things. For instance, if the stuff that my son sees, if he was not 15, I would think he would maybe be making this stuff up. Because it being such a great, it's such great detail of the stuff that he sees. But I know it's the truth because not only is he's a child, he really don't know the things of God. I know I'm like, you got to be seeing this stuff because, because of the great measure and detail that he gives me. And then on top of that, he was like, I, he's like, I don't, he, he t- literally telling me like, I don't understand anything that I just seen. Like, this is literally what I just saw. And not to be honest with you, it increases my faith when he tell me these things. Because I'm thinking to myself, through a child, through a child father, you would speak. And he don't even have the so-called knowledge that we claim to have as adults to, to say, okay, we know that the father is speaking. So... You know, that's my last words to you. This not not everybody's going to be able to receive what you see, but it's right what you see. Don't doubt yourself as far as what you see, because a lot of people, they will. They'll make you doubt what you see. And like I say, you have to understand, even though the gifts and calling come without repentance and you seeing what you see, let's make sure that we show up with the right type of character so that we don't disqualify ourselves. Amen. Amen. So, amen. Thank you, Father. So we thank you for this word, Father, ingrained and grafted, Father, into our heart. We thank you, Father, for.